This is the Making Stitches podcast. Coming up in this first episode, we'll be hearing from a couple of designers who are making the most of lockdown. These are unprecedented times that we're going through, aren't they? And, you know, I've got that much scrap yarn and Linda's got that much. If you're a crocheter or a knitter, you have tons of it. And, you know, if you can make something pretty out of something ugly, you know... Well, ugly times, aren't they? They're not, but that's the thing, that's what I'm trying to say. You get something nice at the end of it. Yeah. Obviously, everyone who's taken part in making the pattern, they've got the releases to look forward to every week, but we've got to keep on top of the pattern in order to have those releases there on time, so it gives us focus as well. So we're not dwelling on the weird situation that we're all in at the moment. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Making Stitches podcast. My name's Lindsay and I love to fill my spare time by making things. I learnt to sew, knit and crochet as a child and I was taught by my lovely gran during those long childhood summer holidays. As an adult, I picked up my crochet hook again about eight or nine years ago, this time using crochet blogs and YouTube tutorials to relearn the skills I'd learned as a child, as well as to build on those techniques. Now, after a few years of following crochet blogs, I thought I'd have a go at blogging myself. And five years ago, I started my own blog, Postcard from Gibraltar, where I've written about our family life here in Gibraltar, as well as my crafty pursuits. One thing I love as much as making is hearing people's stories, and after many months of thinking about it, I decided that now is the time to launch a podcast focusing on crafts and the stories of the people who make them. Just like many other places in the world, here in Gibraltar, we're experiencing a social lockdown because of the coronavirus pandemic. We're all confined to our own homes and so many people are reaching for crafts because we have the time for one thing and because it's something to do during those long hours at home. It's something that calms the mind. There's something therapeutic about crafting, especially at a time like this. As in many other places, here in Gibraltar we've been celebrating our key workers who are helping to keep us all safe and keeping life ticking along. Every night at 8 o'clock we clap and cheer, bang pots and pans together and even blow trumpets and bugles to celebrate our key workers. Here's just a little snippet of what goes on here in Gibraltar every night at 8 o'clock. Did you hear that fabulous bugle playing? Well, that happens here every day, and often the boats out in the bay honk their foghorns as well to join in. 
Now, enough of the pandemic. Let's focus on Pandemonium. Pandemonium is a crochet along which has been organised by the ladies behind the Crochet Sanctuary. Lisa Hesketh and Linda Rose Simonini run the Crochet Sanctuary and they leapt into action almost as soon as lockdown was announced in the UK, which coincidentally was the same day that we went into lockdown here. They've launched the Pandemonium Cal. The pattern is released twice a week on a Wednesday and on a Sunday, seven rows each time. So that's 14 rows of a blanket each week. And now there's a huge community of crocheters who were taking part in the Pandemonium Cal. I caught up with Lisa and Linda and spoke to them about the Cal, about the Crochet Sanctuary. But first I asked them how they got into crochet in the first place. Linda was a very early starter. When I was about five, my mum taught me to crochet because I severely failed at knitting. And then, um, so I learned when I was really quite young. But then as an adult, I went um, to the Black Sheep Walls, which is a yarn shop that's quite local to us. And I saw an Amigurumi book, but they were knitted. So my mum-in-law, she taught me the basics of knitting then. I was horrific at it. But I thought, I'll order myself a book and then I'll be obviously very excited when I can finally do it. And when I went online, I found out, like, Amma Groom's actually crochet and I'd been looking at the only knitting book, like, in existence. <laughs> so I could already actually do it. So then I just went a bit mad and just, I crochet constantly now. <laughs> what about you, Lisa? Um, do you know what? I actually didn't start crocheting until about four years ago um my kids have kind of gotten to their teenage years and my husband would sit in a different room on his PS4 and and the kids were sitting upstairs and I kind of find found myself sitting there thinking oh I'm not needed anymore <laughs> so um and my dog, um, Pip, she'd been for a, um, a groom and it was winter and she was freezing. And um, and I thought, you know, I'm sure I've, I've been buying some magazine, this magazine subscription thing that kept coming with hooks and yarn and knitting needles. And I sent my husband up into the loft and I said, could you bring it down? I'm going to try and, and knit her a, a coat. Well, I couldn't get the hang of knitting. Mm. Um, so I tried to crochet her a coat. Well... That went out the window rapidly, and she yeah, she only got that coat last year. <laughs> <laughs> but I carried on, um, and yeah, I, I I think my sis, me and my sister were on a diet, and she'd said um, she sent me a pattern of a, um, a hippo. What hippo? What was that pattern, Linda? Heidi bear. She sent me a pattern of a Heidi bear hippo with used with African flowers. And she said, uh, that'll stop us from eating rubbish if you could make me one of them. Well, she only just got that last year as well. But, yeah, that's what <laughs> kept me. That's what kind of started me off. And I haven't stopped. Just haven't stopped at all. That makes not, me not feel better, knowing that it takes so long to complete projects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, I, I literally crocheted every single day since then, unless I've been really poorly or something. Yeah. Do you find it therapeutic? Yeah. Yeah. Switch off, don't you? It's nice. And how did you two ladies meet? Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I had really 
really got into crocheting and I was I was I was doing uh, Ellen Shrimpton's Mandala Madness. Um I've been buying Amanda Bloom's little box of crochet. Um and I was really into it, but none of my friends crocheted and I think my mum and dad were getting a little bit fed up of hearing me going on about it as well. Um, and I was looking for a local group and there wasn't one anywhere. So I went and was buying some yarn in Hobbycraft one day, Warrington, and um, they had a sign up about crafters using their table. Um, and I said, can I use it? And they were like, well, what do you want to use it for? Do you want to teach? And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to teach. Just as a, you know, like, like a bitch and stitch. <laughs> and uh, they said, yes. Yeah. So we started it in the August. And I think, when did you come, Linda? Towards Christmas, I think. Maybe November Yeah. Yeah. So that's when, I think I must have sat on my own. There were some weeks where... My friend's mum would come along, but I think she was just coming along so that I wasn't sat on my own. Um, so, <laughs> um, she just went for the chat, really. But people would just come along and sit down and join us and then started to get some regulars like Lynn. Um, Lynn used to come every single week. So if, if it was ever... Some, some days there was just like literally myself and Lynn sitting there until Linda joined. Yeah, so I was on Twitter one night and Lisa had been tweeting about it. And I've got panic and anxiety disorder, so I went for, I think it was about three years of my life where I didn't go out the house unless I was with my partner because I just couldn't deal with being outside. And then I'd seen this tweet and I replied and said, oh, I didn't know there was a crochet group at Hobbycraft. So Lisa was like, you've got to come, you've got to come, come on Saturday. Please. I was like, like, yeah, okay. So then my partner drove me on the Saturday and we were sat outside in the car park and I was there like dead early because like, when I'm a bit panicky about something, I like to be there early to sort of scope out the situation. And then I seen everybody going in, and I'd already Facebook stalked Lisa, so I knew what she looked like. And I said, <laughs> gone in with a sister, and I just turned around to Paul, and I was like, can't go in, not doing it, I can't do it. I'm going to be sick, just take me home. So he went in his pocket and pulled out £50 and said, I'll give you it if you go in. Well, I went in. <laughs> and then I think I've only missed maybe like two or three weeks, like through illness since then, every week until we started the sanctuary, obviously. And then I missed yeah. missed those weeks. But but yeah, I just went every week after that. So oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I think it was um, it was only about was it about three or four months after Linda had joined, and we were sat on our own one day. I can't remember if it was at Easter or something. Something like that, yeah. And I, I said to, I was moaning about hobby craft and knit craft, saying that they, they only ever do knitting patterns and it's out of order. And I said, we should do a cow. <laughs> and Linda was like, no. But like, yeah, we should do a cow. Really? <laughs> so we only, we dropped them a private message, didn't we? Yeah, and said, like, could we get a discount on some yarn? to do like a cow and they're like oh if you do it for us like we'll give you the yarn and we were like Brilliant. very excited <laughs> <laughs> so we've done about how many have we done that i'm not we sure <laughs> i can't even remember i think we might have done five and then the if you count the bauble christmas bauble ones including that that's five i think five cows we did through netcraft and of course, that takes so. us very nicely onto the cow that's going on at the moment, the pandemonium yeah. cow. <laughs> I'm loving it, absolutely loving it. We've got a different way of working this time, haven't we? Yeah. It is a bit different. 
You were very quick off the mark, you know, pretty much almost as soon as lockdown happened and, and Boris Johnson had announced that we were all had to stay indoors. You had that pattern up there ready to go and you've now got this amazing community of, of people. Have you any idea how many people are actually doing it? There's 6,000 members. Um, somebody did a poll the other week, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I don't know if everybody... It said that there was a couple of hundred, but I think it might be a bit more than that, really. Some of them don't post, and then all of a sudden they'll post a picture, and you're like, oh, I didn't know you were doing it. No, you were on here. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't, some of them don't post till they've finished, do they? Yeah. But, yeah. It was, um, so we've, I'm a bit naughty because when we decide to do something, I'm always guilty of getting excited and racing ahead and Linda gets a bit annoyed at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm getting annoyed. It's just, that's where the problems start because she'll get so far ahead with something. I get confused to what I'm doing half the time then. And then by the time I catch up to where she was when I've said something about it, like it'll be like wrong or there'll be some, there'll be something and it, it just gets confusing. So we've changed the way we're doing it this time. And it means Lisa can race ahead. In fact, she's encouraged to race ahead. <laughs> and then I'm just behind. We'll, we'll discuss what stitch like we fancy doing next, but I'm quite a bit behind because I'm checking everything and changing anything. Yeah. Changed. So it's working well this time. Lisa. Yeah. But usually it's not good. <laughs> we usually like <laughs> there's always problems, isn't there? But it, I'm racing. I am racing ahead a little bit so that we've tried because we've also got to take into account that if one of us gets poorly, haven't we? Yeah. With you know uh, that we've got to have a good few weeks ahead so that for continuity, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way we're we're working it is. Obviously, have a chat with Linda and see what stitches she wants to go in next. And our admin girls as well, because we've got a lovely group of... And boys. We've got Paul that's just joined our admin as well, Linda's partner. But, um, you know, what asking them, you know, what do you want to see next in it or what would you like more of? Um, and then I'm sending a rough... I'm not the best at pattern writing at all. We both have our individual skills, don't we? That right is not one of mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I will send over a rough pattern and pictures to Linda, and then Linda just magically fixes it <laughs> and makes it fit. And uh, then she crochets it and takes the pictures and puts the pattern together, um, ready for releasing. And then between us all and the admin, we kind of manage the Facebook page, don't we? Because that can be a full-time job. I can imagine. With 6,000 people on it, goodness me. It makes my eyes water thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. It gets busy. Yeah. I think the the first cow that we ever did was a bit of a... It was a bit of a shell shock, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Because we didn't realise how many people were going to join and how many people were going to take part and just how right you have to get your pattern. Because we've never done it before, have we? <laughs> and we didn't factor in, obviously, that not everybody that joined the group is in the UK, so we'd be getting messages in the middle of the night, and then Lisa would be getting up to answer them because she felt bad leaving them, and it, would, it just became a, a busy time that we didn't expect. <laughs> <laughs> I think at one point I actually left the group and said, I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> It was a bit, uh, yeah. That's the good thing about there being two of us because we both got our 
on skills. So Lisa has the wacky ideas and then I agree to do them and try and figure out a way to do them. And then, so when, when it comes to writing the patterns, Lisa has obviously raised her head and she'll send me things. And then my thing is getting the patterns as sorted as possible and try and get rid of my silly little mistakes. Because anytime Lisa sends me a pattern, there's never, never, ever a row three. <laughs> she always she always goes from row two to row four. So I have to watch out for that. And then I miss out stupid little things. So we're quite lucky because we send a pattern to our admins to crochet it so that they can check and find the mistakes that I've missed. <laughs> that sounds brilliant, like you're a real team all working together. They are, they're brilliant. And we've got Sarah as well, haven't we? Yeah. Um, I went to school with Sarah um, and when we were at high school. Um, uh, Sarah, she's got this amazing life, I think. <laughs> she, now her and her husband travel around the uh, America in a, in, a, in a camper van. Wow. Um yeah, and he, he just, he does pinstriping, and so they just travel around the US pinstriping cars, and these big pinstriping things, so she, she, um, she does all of our overnight stuff, doesn't she, so yeah, she'll actually she be in there when everyone else is sort of asleep, and then we've got my sister, who I roped in to be one of the husbands, and so she's quite good, because she... She usually helps people out. And then we've got Cathy as well, and she's in the UK as well. So Sarah takes care of the evening and, like, the night, and then the rest of us have the day. And then we just, as Lisa said, rope my Paul into to be in there as well, seeing as he's just learned to crochet. So Oh, brilliant. So, <laughs> so the man who was responsible for talking to you to, into going to that first crochet group is now uh, being taught to crochet too. Yeah. He loomed more than anything else, but he, he can crochet now because he's coming to a sanctuary this year and he's actually coming for the weekend. So we said he had to crochet. So. <laughs> Tell me about the yeah. crochet sanctuary then, please. How did it all come about? One of Lisa's lucky ideas, again. <laughs> she just comes to do sometimes and she'll say, oh, I want to do this. And I'll go, all right, then we'll do it. And she's like, really? And then, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she kind of makes me follow them through. <laughs> you know, you get, everybody gets ideas, don't they? And you just think, nah, I'll not do that because this is complicated or that's complicated. Well, Linda makes me follow them through so she can blame me, but she actually, um, um, what's the word, encourages me. And she can justify everything as well. I'm very good at that. So <laughs> I'd actually... I'd, I've been gifted um, a, a day, a day, a crochet day, at a retreat uh, by my family um, for my birthday, and yeah, <laughs> I came away and thought, oh, I, I, I could so easily do that and do that so much better. So it was something that I wanted to do, and I spent a year trying to find a venue. And I couldn't find a venue because you can't. You've got to. You've got to kind of find a venue that has everything that you want. And for me personally, I would not go to a retreat if I couldn't have my own bedroom because I wouldn't share with anyone. I would have to have an ensuite because there's no way that I would share a toilet, a toilet or a bathroom with anyone. And you, would, I would want somewhere with a comfy seat to sit on because I'm not, you know, I, 
I don't know about you or anybody else, but I, I sit in a, you know, in a corporate office most of the week, and the last thing I want to be doing is that on a weekend as well. Um, so there's loads of, and you, there's loads of little things like you know the bedroom situation, the bathroom situation, comfy seating, um, having somebody to carry out catering so that you've got a constant supply of fresh drinks and teas and coffees and um, snacks all throughout the day, and you want your lunch catered for, your breakfast, your evening meal, and not everywhere has all that or does all that. But it took. A long time and I kind of given up the idea of it and then said to Linda you need to come on one of these things with me shall we go and we actually really short notice wasn't it it was last minute booking I think I rang you on the Thursday and said I want you to come with me and there's two spaces and do you want to go so we went on the on the Saturday and Linda came away and was like yeah we so need to do this <laughs> <laughs> but we found a venue pretty quickly after that didn't we it was the second one I'd looked at with you yeah because um, the first one was lovely but they didn't have enough seats so that was the issue but so- also they were kind of put us in a room that didn't have windows and and I know that sounds finicky but like we like somewhere where there's nice ceilings and I know that sounds after all there's a fireplace or nice big windows and nice view and Lisa melts down if there's ceiling tiles she's like there wouldn't be ceiling tiles in your living room so we're not having a <laughs> good point it's be nice though, isn't it? so you're inspired by your surroundings yeah well maybe I don't know maybe. well actually the venue that that we do host a crochet sanctuary at, we actually designed one of the cow blankets based on the grounds. So the water garden blanket, outside the front of the hotel, there's like a pond where a lot of people have wedding pictures taken because there's a little bridge over the water and everything. And that's what inspired us one day when we were driving in. We were like, we could do a pond blanket. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I suppose we are inspired by the surroundings. (laughs) So, I think we... um, we decided we were going to do it. It was on the, it was in the June, and we didn't have our first weekend until the February, the year after. But um, yeah, we were in a little bit of a panic, weren't we? Because we've never, <laughs> we've never done it before. Um, um, we were contractually obliged and financially obliged <laughs> at that point to go ahead with it, and it worked. Surprisingly, didn't it? It did. We were just scared that we weren't going to be able to sell all the rooms because, like, obviously, with it being a new a new thing, nobody really knew us, so it was quite frightening. But, yeah, it worked out, so it's all right. <laughs> Brilliant. So how many have you done, do you know? Ooh. I think it's about 11 or 12 weekends and then sort of maybe eight or nine days, that would be then, maybe. Day-only ones. We've done more than that, haven't we? I was I don't know, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yeah, because we only do six years. We used to do five a year, and then now we six a year, so it is two years. It's about 11. Yeah, yeah. It feels like a lot more, (laughs) in a good way. Do you find that you have the same people coming back each time, or do you get new people all the time? It's a mix, I think. It's quite a mix. We have a few people that have actually attended every single weekend up until this point. 
um, and then we do get new people. But because the way we structure it, we're obviously in the room together crocheting. And then every time we go to the restaurant, we have a huge table and everyone sits together. Nobody sort of feels left out and who do I sit with? And I think by Sunday, even like the people, it's the first event. We just feel like family. So nobody feels left out. And But it's nice when we do get new people come along because sometimes, I mean, don't get me wrong, having you know people that return all the time is, is brilliant. But... Um, yeah, when we get new people come along and we kind of get them hooked as well. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's good. Good. Brilliant. So if anybody wants to find out about the Crochet Sanctuary, what should they do? Um, they can go on to our website, which is crochetsanctuary.co.uk, or they can go on to Instagram, um we are the the crochet sanctuary on on Instagram and the same again on Facebook as well, and our phone numbers are on there as well if they wanted to give us a tinkle and find out more about it. Brilliant. But I think one of the biggest questions that we get is, um, do people go on their own? I've got nobody to come with me. Um, um, is it for beginners? And you know, that's one of our biggest our biggest things is making sure that if people do come on their own that they don't feel left out because that is the worst. Either, like Linda said, you know, when we go to the restaurant, we all sit on one table because there's nothing worse, is there, than feeling, you know, like you don't know anybody. And we always do an icebreaker as well, which not everybody likes, but it, do, it does break the ice. It does, you know, it does, you do get to know people and it's a little bit of a laugh before we start. Um, and also Linda and I don't take part in the project. So if we have got anybody who's a beginner or um, needs a little bit of help, then we, we, we just float around the room all day helping people if they need it. So I just think it's one of those things. It's a bit indulgent, isn't it? Self-indulgent, but it's, uh, it's, it's nice to treat yourself sometimes though, isn't it? Yeah, and that's why we started it, isn't it? Yeah, so we can we can go every time. It's great. You've got the perfect excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're not they're not cheap. You know, you know, it's not a cheap weekend away. It's uh, it is indulgent, but it does, it feels like you've been away for a whole week. It's that relaxing, so it's worth it. I think as well we do try to give the best value we can as well while you're at the weekend so we have gift bags that's got lots of random weird little bits that we we buy that we try to keep to the theme of whatever weekend it is and you get plenty of yarn for your project you get yarn to take home at the end so we have lots of snacks (laughs) we have a sweet cart so we have like quite a lot of value i think even though it is quite expensive to do it yeah <laughs> if anybody's interested in taking part at the pandemonium cal and they're not already involved how do they find out about the pattern um literally facebook it's all run through facebook and if they're on instagram there are links from our instagram page uh, that will take you through to the facebook page for pandemonium um but yeah, it's just to join that page and all the patterns are on there. Each part only has seven rows. So there's not that much catching up to do just yet. 
then we release two two patterns each week so there's 14 rows every week yeah. released in two parts and then obviously at the end of the cow the pattern will be available like in a hole forever and um, if people aren't on facebook and then they can get the pattern after the fact so well, on behalf of all of those who are taking part in it at the moment, thank you so much for doing it, ladies, because it's, uh, it's a real high point <laughs> twice a week knowing that there's another seven rows coming my way <laughs> that, can, that can distract me from emptying my cupboards and doing the laundry, which I should really be doing, but I'm not bothering. <laughs> I think that was the idea behind it, is that, you know, we, they, these are unprecedented times that we're going through, aren't they? And... You know, I've got that much scrap yarn and Linda's got that much. You know, if you're a crocheter or a knitter, you have tons of it. And, you know, if you can make something pretty out of something ugly, uh, you know, well, ugly times, aren't they? They're not, but you know, that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to say. You get something nice at the end of it. But, yeah, hopefully it's taken something time. to focus on as well. So, like, yeah. obviously everyone who's taken part in making the pattern, they've got... The releases to look forward to every week but we've got to keep on top of the pattern in order to have those releases there on time so it gives us focus as well so we're not dwelling on the weird situation that we're all in at the moment tonight's um distraction Thank you so much to Lisa Hesketh and Linda Rose Simonini for speaking to me. I really enjoyed our chat and I hope you enjoyed hearing it too. My thanks to them as well for organising the Pandemonium Cal. It's such a highlight to my week when I see the next part of the patterns being released. As Lisa very rightly says, it's a chance to make something beautiful out of something ugly. I'll put all the details for the Cal and the Crochet Sanctuary in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at makingstitchespodcast.com. Please follow Making Stitches Podcast on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, and then you won't miss out on the next episode when it comes along. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back again next week with another episode and I'll be hearing from another fabulous crochet designer. I can't wait to share it with you then. Until next time, stay safe and enjoy your crafting. Music